All right, all right. It's time to get started. It's July 26, 2021. Let's talk about money. So, um, starting last night, Bitcoin began to uh, get on a tear. And so I started getting text messages from friends and folks and uh, about it. I woke up to some text messages about you know, what are my thoughts on Bitcoin? And, uh, and initially, you know, some, some of these, uh, some people who were like, uh, who, you know, who I talked to often and I thought was listening to my podcast and reading my emails were like, so Philip, what are your thoughts on Bitcoin? And I'm like, Oh, where have you been? <laughs> so, so I'm recording this episode for them so I can forward it to them directly. Cause I got tons of episodes I can, you know, record, you know, send to them, but I want to give them a fresh perspective uh, of my thoughts on Bitcoin. And here it is. Like it, it hadn't changed. Bitcoin still the only cryptocurrency that I outright own. And, and to say, to say something different than I've said on the podcast before, cause I've said why, but here's like the shorter version that I think will help a lot of people. So if you want to understand cryptocurrency, you have to understand the underlying technology around it. And which, which means like you have to understand um, what it is. And it's basically a database. So when you think of what's a, what's a cryptocurrency, it's just a database. It's a, it's a distributed database. So in database world, you can have a centralized database. Think of it like Google Documents. Or if you're a startup and you need to rent computer space, a cloud space, you would go to Amazon's AWS, which is, you know, a monster business or Microsoft Azure. So that's a centralized database, um, uh, you know, where data is stored centrally in a company. Uh, what cryptocurrency is, it is a decentralized database. And so a it is technology that allows you to create a decentralized database. So as opposed to having one entity control the storage of data you distribute it across you know with bitcoin anybody can run the software and run the database on their computer uh, their specialized computer those are those are uh, let's call it like running a bitcoin node and so um the if, if you think about security right so if you think about why would anybody want a a, de a, a decentralized database versus a centralized database well, the big thing is like power, right? So, so think of a dictator. A dictator can do whatever they want because they are the ultimate centralized power versus a democracy where the power is spread throughout the people. Like America is America because we have, you know, three branches of government, which is which was a revolutionary idea back in the day. You got the judicial system or, you know, um, you have the uh, Congress and then you have the presidency. And so it's a distributed system. And, and, and human beings love like, more things that are more free, more transparent, less centralized. Centralization leads to abuse. So, so, so then you go, okay, um, decentralized is better for the people uh, than centralized. And then, so, so then you understand, okay, but you have trade-offs. So just like, let's, let's look, at, look at China, for example. You know, China was able to um, deal with COVID faster because they control their people 100%, a very centralized system 
So they were able to force people to stay in the house with, you know, and, and, and they were compliant people versus America. Like the beauty of America is we're free. The downside of America is like, we, you know, we like we're crazy. We bicker. We argue. We're, we're a country of, 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 of rebels. Right. And people think that's a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. That's what makes America not China. Like who would want to live in China where they can like make you have one child and have a child pol- one child policy or cut off your right to freedom or, you know, n- you know, uh, put a nuzzle over the mouth of the richest man in the country, Jack Ma, uh, for, for, for saying something bad about the government. So, you know, there are always trade offs. There is no such thing as a perfect, perfect system. Right. If you want to, you know, if you love sweets and you want to eat all the best things in the world, it's going to come at a cost right, of, of the waistline, right? But if you want to be super healthy, right, um, then you have to give up some of that. There, there's no such thing as something for nothing in this world. There's a yin in the yang, right? There's always trade-offs and, 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 and either like, you know, and, and by the way, like there's moderation. So, um, you know, maybe you have a little bit of both. Here, here's the point. When it comes to uh, understanding databases, right, you have the centralized, hyper-centralized version like AWS, Amazon AWS, that is the fastest and the cheapest. Because whenever you have centralized, just like China, they were fast and swift at taking care of COVID and they got results, right? Fast, you know, faster, cheaper. When you have decentralization, you, you know, it's, it's, you, 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 it's more security, right? for the people because it can't be centrally abused, um, and, but it's more expensive. Like it's, it's clunky, more expensive, but it's more secure. And so if you think about the financial system, okay, the problem that we have with the current financial system is the central bank gets to bail out their buddies like at will. Like we don't vote with these people. It's, they decide the price of money, which affects our the money we earn in our savings accounts and all the other assets. They can print more money to fund the government deficit like at will. We can't do anything about it. They do all the stuff behind closed doors. Right? When they print that money, it makes the value of our money worth less, which, which is called debasement, which is a hidden tax. And so we don't like that. So what Bitcoin did was it says, hey, let's build a decentralized you know, system, no leader, no central authority, um, distributed across as many computers and nodes as we can. Um, we're going to make it super, we're going to make it slow for security purposes. Uh, um, and it's, 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 it's it's going to be expensive at the base layer to transact uh, because that's a trade-off you have to, to, to give, you know, but we have ultimate security. And what we're going to, the data we're going to store on there is who owns what asset, who owns what Bitcoin, right? We're going to use the transfer value and document and store who owns it versus, you know, having the central authority, you know, decide how much money is in the system. And, oh, and by the way, here's the rules. They're all spelled out pretty transparent. Like it's only going to be 21 million. Right. And all these things that I talked about in previous episodes of, of the podcast. And if you want more details on Bitcoin, go to my website uh, for my company that sponsors the podcast, StonehillWealthManagement.com. StonehillWealthManagement.com. I did a whole Bitcoin paper, how it fits into the overall portfolio that goes into all these details. But but the point is, um, um, uh, um, where am I going with this? Bitcoin is the most decentralized, and it was the first, um, uh, you know, cryptocurrency to 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 do that. And and so with money, 
like money is the biggest network. You think about what, you know, we, we, we all hate Facebook, but we're on Facebook because of the network effects. All of our friends are on Facebook. And so, so since Bitcoin has such a lead in being a decentralized, better store value, better decentralized ledger for tracking that than anything else, and it has the biggest network effect, right? By a long, by a long shot, that kind of gives it a win. Then you think about the next biggest cryptocurrency in Ethereum, and you might think, well, you know, Ethereum's pretty big, but, but Ethereum started off not trying to do the same thing. Um, and now they're trying to do both, right? So Ethereum started off trying to be um, like the place where anybody who wanted to build a cryptocurrency can build on top of um, for lots of other reasons. And I talked in previous episodes about, you know, why they aren't even the best at that, because the best application of, of cryptocurrencies outside of being a store of value like Bitcoin uh, you know, from for a foundation of a financial system, it's like the, the next best thing is the NFTs. You know, the best NFTs um, out there, the NBA Top Shots and Disney doesn't even build on top of Ethereum. And so that threw that out the roof. So Ethereum realized, oh, we got to become a store of value and a place where people can build on top of, which again, trade-offs. You can't like be in tip-top shape and eat cake all day. Like it's not, you know, it's not, it's not possible. And so once you understand the trade-offs and how technology works, then you realize, oh, okay, like, you know, Ethereum is not something that I really want. I'm interested in owning long-term because they don't even know what they are. And if they're trying to be two things, then you look at, you know, um, the other coins, ADA or whatever, these coins, and you realize, yeah, like they're they're trying to compete on being fat, a faster, cheaper store of value. And you, really, you can't be centralized and decentralized. And so my point is, um, understand the tech and then it leads you to understand that Bitcoin is really, really all you want to own at this moment um, when you're using cryptocurrencies. Um, and then the next thing that you understand too is once you get into the Bitcoin ecosystem and then you learn about the Lightning Network, the Lightning Network, so if, if Bitcoin is replacing the central bank, which is the centralized authority that, um, that, that operates the current financial system, you know, we don't transact, we don't buy stuff through the central bank. Um, like we buy stuff using our Visa card, right? V the Visa network or the PayPal network or the Apple Pay network, right? And so layer two of Bitcoin is a lightning network, which is basically like faster and cheaper than the Visa network. So, it, so Bitcoin is already better than the current central bank network. And then lightning network is better than Visa, but it's decentralized. It's like Visa is centralized. Lightning Network is decentralized. These are trends, y'all. Trends that I've preached many times before. You know, trend of uh, e-commerce going from you having to um, answer to centralized buyers to get on Walmart shelves to Amazon who opens it up to anybody who wants to have an online shop. You know, from centralized media controlling the narrative to social media where we dictate the narrative. All right? Th these are just trends, right? Human beings trend to evolve um, better and better and away from centralization and a few people controlling a few things. This is just what we do. And so if you understand those two things, then you understand that, hey, um, I can spot this pattern in money and Bitcoin at this current moment is the best pattern for it, which hints, you know, why it's the biggest crypto. The, the other stuff is just like noise, right? It's just since investors don't understand the tech, there's an arbitrage of money that can be made off of ignorance in the in the in the interim. Now this this leads me to my next topic. And the topic is 
um, how to eliminate fear. So we all are afraid of something, but specifically, a lot of folks are afraid uh, of investing. And their biggest fear is they're just, you know, they're afraid of losing money and not making good decisions. But, but fear can be eliminated through knowledge. If, if you think about it, the political candidates and the TV news stations, um, uh, um, if they want to affect the masses, they just, they, they fear mind. And they, and they tend to target people who are not highly educated. When I say educated, I don't mean degree. I mean, they just don't think for themselves, right? Because I think there's a lot of ignorant people with PhDs. You know, they don't, when I say ignorant, ignorance means you don't think for yourself. You let Fox News or MSNBC or some other media outlet or some other pundit, your preacher, whoever, think for you. Uh, that's ignorance, right? Um, but the people who are able to, like, you know, um, accumulate knowledge from all different sources, from all different people, and form their own opinion based on, like, real data, we call it accurate thinking, right? Those who do that are educated. Unfortunately, they're in the minority. So it's easy to influence, you know, a huge population because the majority of people are lazy. And they're not, they're, they're intellectually lazy. They don't want to think for themselves. They want somebody to tell them what to think. Um, and that's unfortunate. So fear is a very useful device for people to scare people into um, doing what they want them to do. And, and pay attention because that this happens a lot by politicians. But fear can be eliminated through knowledge. So let me give you a specific example. Um, a specific example of eliminating fear through knowledge. So, so you, so you, you have a, uh, you know, you, you are afraid of, you know, you're afraid of poverty. Okay. You fear being broke. So then how, how do you fix that? Well, you decide, I mean, instead of goal of, I don't want to be broke. I want to have money. I want to have ample amount of money. And so in order to do that, you have to first, to, to acquire the knowledge you need to, 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 to do this, you have to first make it a burning desire because to acquire real knowledge, it can't just be a hope and a wish. You can't just say, I don't want to be poor, right? You have to put it in your subconscious mind. I talk about we have, we have two different brains. So we have the intellectual brain that says, you know, it's the rational brain that says, I don't want to be poor. And nobody, like if you guys, a million people, do you want to be poor? They'll all say, I don't want to be poor. But that's just the intellectual brain, right? That's just the driver. What you have to do is you have to connect with your soul, you know, with your soul, right? And your, and your soul is like that, that um, not, you know, it's not really your soul, but it's because your soul is all the parts working together and then the essence of who you are. But you have to connect with that, that part of your brain that's like, you know, the oldest part that, um, you know, to connect to your DNA, that the part of your brain that has us do things um, that we don't really understand, right? The, the, the part that we've learned from accumulation of our ancestors who passed on our DNA to us, right? You have to be able to connect to that brain, but that brain, you can't connect with by just saying, I don't want to be poor, right? With that brain, you have to know how to speak to that brain, right? In order, to, And there's different ways to speak to that brain, and that's out of the context of, 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 this, of, of this episode, 
But the, the main thing is you have to, well, let's go into it, right? Ways to communicate with that brain is like, um, and this is, this is, this is, this is what I believe. Like, I believe whether, whether you call it like, you know, from, from, from my, my ancestors, my culture, we would call it Ashe, African culture. You know, Christians call that the Holy Spirit. You might call it God, infinite intelligence, right? Um, uh, some people call it our ancestors, but just like Google is a, is a knowledge. If you, if you search Google, you can benefit from the knowledge of everybody who's put their knowledge on the internet or, um, um, and you can access that knowledge by searching on Google. Like there's a, there's a, there's a hidden force like in the world that we can tap into. It's where inspiration comes from. If you ever had an idea that came from nowhere, right. Or you ever thought a thought where you're like, well, I'm thinking that thought, you know, or you had a dream of something like this all comes from like the, you know, this power, again, a shade, infinite intelligence, God, that we can tap into, but got to learn how to tap into it, right? And you got to prime yourself. And so, um, you know, one way to prime yourself is to like uh, affirmations, right? So saying, hey, I want, you know, I want to have a million dollars by this date. Like an affirmation is something that, um, is the, it works better the clearer it is, the better you envision it. So if you just say, I don't want to be poor, yeah, I don't know, that, that, that may, may or may not work, but it's not going to be as good if you say, I want to be wealthy, okay, that's better than I don't want to be poor. If you say, hey, I want to make, you know, 10,000 a month working 20 hours a week by January 1st, 2026, doing something that I love, right? That's, that's, that's super specific. And so the more specific, the better. And then once you have it, you repeat it over and over and over and over again, multiple times a day for a long period of time, right? Also, what helps too is if you if you learn about meditation. I began I began meditating, you know, a couple of months ago. Uh, it's amazing, right? Meditation um, puts you at a state where um, you're able to talk to that million year old brain easier, right? So you 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 soften it up to then put the information in you want to put in. So I like to meditate and then think about my goals. And you, I get lots of inspiration, um, you know, from doing that, lots of really good ideas, right? And so and, and so accumulating the knowledge, right? It may take a long time. So you, so you may be doing this and um, the time it takes you to create the plan is just the level of how much knowledge you have, you know? And so, you know, for me, I wanted to manage money, you know, for clients, like not sell products, manage money for clients. And it took a decade to accumulate that knowledge, you know, comfortably, you know, but I never, I, I, I kept the goal. And so when you do it, it requires persistence, discipline, right? Um, a mastermind helps a mastermind. is not just using, you know, your brain or tapping because, and you're not just using your brain, you're tapping to the brain of, you know, your ancestors of Ashay of God. But if you also are, uh, you have a group of people that you're able to sh share ideas with and bounce ideas off with that helps develop that organized plan um, even better. It's called a mastermind, but you know, um, uh, you know, the, the, these are ways that you acquire the knowledge to put the plan in place to reach your goal. And, I, and I'm going deeper. I'm going on a deep level with this kind of stuff because I feel like sometimes we get stuck in the heady aspect of investing but investing is easy if you got the foundational stuff right. Like if you if you understand how to limit the fear and how to acquire the knowledge, 
to be a great investor. Um, whether you manage the money for yourself or you have a partner, your mastermind, i.e., your wealth man, your wealth manager, your CPA, your attorney, your insurance agent, right? You 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 coordinate a mastermind, you know, um, using that, which I think is the best option. Um, obviously, um, you know, um, then then you're going to be that much better off. Because if you go out, if you go just try to acquire knowledge or try to be a good investor without properly acquiring knowledge, you're going to get led astray by like bullshit you see on the internet. Um, um, you know, uh, cause there's a lot of just dumb stuff on the internet. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's the episode y'all. Uh, I, you know, let me, let me know your thoughts. I plan to go a little bit more deeper because I feel like, I feel like there's the, you know, there's answers that I can give for days. I can answer a hundred questions a day and have different questions every day on money and investing, all that kind of stuff. But I feel like if, but let's say teach, teach a man to fish. I feel like if I can help prime the mind properly, um, then it's going to exponentially uh, improve my listeners' ability to build wealth and invest for the future. Um, as always, I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management. This is for informational and educational purposes, not meant to be. Um, it's not meant to be advice. Uh, you need to seek your own counsel before making investment decisions. Investing involves risk. And yeah, man, this, these are just my thoughts and opinions. So uh, until tomorrow, y'all enjoy your day. Hit me up on Twitter if you got any other questions. Ask underscore Philip. And uh, yeah, talk to you tomorrow. Thanks. Bye.